And a good Tuesday morning to all of you out there. This is Philly's Therapy. My name is Paul Boyer. We have some interesting news that you've probably already received because that's just the way things travel these days. Bryce Harper is back roughly five months and change after having Tommy John surgery on his throwing arm. <laughs> the the legend that is Bryce Harper, the living legend at 30 years old, is making his return tonight, Tuesday night, in Los Angeles. It's not official yet, but it's going to happen. Uh, this is crazy. Matt Gelbert, the athletic, joins me as always. He is out in Los Angeles after a, a rather whirlwind Monday. Uh, just even getting out to Los Angeles was, was an adventure on top of everything else that... Um, <laughs> that transpired news wise look matt uh we'll just we'll we'll intro this really briefly just because it is the thing and it's what everybody wants to talk about we have something else to go over real quick before we go too deep into harper but have you ever seen anything like this guy <laughs> this is this is unbelievable yeah it is paul i mean i think there's a lot of concerns from people about them rushing him back. And I, and I, and I understand that. I mean, it's natural to, to think that because what we're watching here is, is um, something that, that really has never been done before. And there is somewhat of an asterisk that goes with this because yes, he is returning only as a hitter. And right. because he is a left-handed hitter who throws right-handed, um, it, it is doable. Like that's why this has happened like this. Um you know, there's more torque put on his left elbow when he swings. You know, he hit all last season with a torn ligament in his elbow, and he's going to wear the same brace uh, on his right elbow when he swings this year. And what it does is this kind of brace that prevents him from hyperextending the elbow. Mm. Uh, it's 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 not necessarily there for padding. It does pad him, but more than anything, that brace is there to prevent him from overextending on a swing that elbow and maybe pushing the ligament uh, too far. But you know, I think what's interesting to me is that the, the doctor involved in this is Neil Eltrosh, he's the orthopedist of the stars now in the majors, and he's also Scott Boris's guy. He's the guy that's, that Boris puts his clients to. He wants his clients to go there, and they're all on board with this. So, I mean, yeah, is it is there a risk involved? I think there is. I think there would have been risk involved, you know, if he came back at six months, at seven months, at eight months. I mean, that's sure, just the way it is. Sure. Like these guys, Harper especially, is a guy who, um, you know, he, he plays with a certain style and energy and speed. And, um, you know, there, there will be risks, risks involved. And, you know, not saying amount of minor league games, are there risks involved with that? Yeah, I think there are. But I also think that, like, you know, he could have three amazing minor league games and come into the majors and not be good. He could have three terrible minor league games and come to the majors and be great. I mean, it's, yeah, it's about timing. But um, they really, they brought spring training to him. He faced a lot of live pitching, about 50 ABs. Uh, against live pitchers in those kind of controlled situations. That's what he would get in spring training normally. So I think they're just like, this is what he wants. This is what we want. This is the doctor says it's okay. Uh, you know, let's do it. All right. So let, let, let's, we'll get into Harper a little bit more in just a second. We'll turn this into a, a good news, bad news, good news sandwich to at least <laughs> leave things on a higher note at the end. What, Wait, they played a game last night? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, I wouldn't know. I slept through half of it once it was <laughs> once so it was I, a little bit decided. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, sitting in the press box. I was there only in body, but not in mind. Yeah, for, well, yeah, after the day you had. Uh, just to briefly touch on something that is kind of concerning uh, that we normally would just sort of brush off if it was even kind of normal in the midst of this Harper return. But we do need to talk about it for at least a couple of minutes here because it's it's concerning. Normally, you wouldn't get too worked up about stuff this early in the season. A bad season does not equal a bad player, especially not a bad month, a couple of weeks. But there are a number of red flags around uh, Taiwan Walker. Uh, He has not looked good. And it's more than just getting bled to death or, you know, having some bad calls go your way or against you, rather. This is a guy who does not look like he's meeting even the baseline expectation, which I think coming into this was, you know, a mid-rotation guy, somebody who could reliably get five-plus innings a start in an era where, you know, going deep into games is becoming a little bit more rare. I don't think anybody expected Zach Wheeler out of this guy, but uh, he's not done that. After last night's drubbing in Los Angeles, his season line in six starts, Fewer than five innings a start. He's at 28 and two thirds. His ERA is higher than Adam Eaton's at 6.91. That's Uh, the bar. That's like the Mendoza line, right? That's that's, like the bar for post pitchers. That that is exactly correct. Uh, His his FIP, his fielding independent pitching, is closer to the Eaton line, but still above it at 6.32. The concerning thing to me is that the walks and home runs are up big time, big, big time. Uh, Spamming the splitter has not worked so far. Something is just not right. Matt, uh, it is only a month. We are only a couple of days into May. Again, like I said, a, a bad season even does not mean a bad player or even necessarily a bad contract. But especially given his forearm tightness or discomfort uh, a week or so ago, <laughs> what are we thinking about Taiwan Walker and how real are the concerns with him right now? Here's the thing, Paul. Spamming the splitter has worked. And like, I think he needs to throw it more. Like if you go look at what if you go watch his outing last night, the splitters he threw were pretty good, and it's every other pitch of his right now is getting hit. Especially his forcing fastball, it's really bad. Um, he has given up was it seven home runs now this year? None with the splitter. He's given up one extra base hit with the splitter. Actually, teams are hitting two seventy three with a three eighteen slug against it. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a high batting average, but the slug is not, you know, it's it's right there. He's throwing a splitter 32% of the time. So basically one in every three pitches he's throwing a splitter, um, which is which is the highest rate of his career. Uh, I think he needs to throw it more. Like his other pitches, he's going to need – he can't just do one pitch, obviously, but I think the splitter's been good, and I think they're going to ask him to throw it a little more, even more than he has now. The other pitches haven't been good. And I look at him um, – I see a guy that's like trying to make changes, like with his pitch mix. Like they're having to change, you know, the way he's throwing his slider. It's now classified as a sweep or whatever. It's a slider, you know, it's maybe with a little more sweeping action to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that pitch has been hit hard at times because he's still, I think, figuring it out. He's given up three home runs on that sweeper. He gave up one last night on the sweeper. Um, the other pitches have to be better, but I think we're going to see like more splitters. And it's like counterintuitive. It's like how many, how, what high, how high of a percentage can a starting pitcher throw one pitch? I guess Spencer Strider is forcing us to reassess like how we think about pitch mix with starting pitchers. And Strider is, of course, probably a unicorn here. He's a freak, uh, but he only throws two pitches, which is like kind of interesting. I think teams are noticing that. So um, the concern level is there with Walker, I think. Um, 
Uh, the velocity was really good last night. I think like, and he even said after the game, he's yeah. like, I felt the best I've felt. And, I, and like, that'll elicit some chuckles because of the, the finishing line. But I think, um, you know, feeling good is a, is a, is a really good baseline. That's a good start. I mean, like a, he wasn't feeling good last time. So that that's good that he was feeling good. And the velocity was there. The stuff kind of backs that up, but um, the location was not location. Location was really bad, especially on the secondary pitches. And so maybe moving forward, you see fewer of those secondary pitches and more splitters, but um I don't know. Don't really know what to make, but I think that the the, the, bait, the splitter is there, and I think that makes him interesting. And and you know maybe they make some more changes. Well, okay. So I mean, it, it's good that you counter me there because when I was looking at a lot of those same numbers that you were just pointing out, I, I was noticing that he was going against the trend that the team was probably picking up on when they looked into picking him up this this off season. Right? Things had gone in a very interesting direction with the splitter last year, where performance was just excellent. You know, the batting average allowed was under 200. The slugging was under 300. Uh, He was getting swings and misses on about a third of the time he was thrown it. So things were looking awesome there. And it's a little less so right now. You know, you pointed out the batting average is 273 against it. Not great, but it is it's still okay. only one triple. It's okay. It, it is right. okay. It's not great. It's not great, but it's 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 okay. Like, and it yeah. makes you think that, okay, this pitch is like, this pitch still plays even when he hasn't had his best command here with other pitches. Yeah, so I, I think that's fair. The second point that you brought up is is of more concern to me because, yes, the Vila was there. Absolutely. He was throwing hard. You know, the fastball was crisp, 95, 96. Things looked good Vila-wise. It's the placement. It's just straight up the placement. And if you can't tunnel a, a fastball splitter combination effectively, you're going to get guys picking up on these things real easy. They're going to be able to lay off the ones that are too far of a chase. Like it, it just it domino effects from there. So the location, something is just it's just wrong. It just feels wrong. You know, we were talking about Nola a couple of weeks ago and how something just didn't quite feel right with him. And maybe it still doesn't. Maybe he's still shaking it off. But it's one of those things where you look at Walker and it's like, what's missing here? Because something is clearly off. Something just doesn't feel right about his outings. I think just broadly, the concern for me is that command, that control of some of this stuff. Because he is throwing it hard. But if you're not spotting it, you know, with pitches that dive as much as his splitter does, ah, man. Yeah, you've made the point. You've you've got right on it, Paul. It's like if you go look at his heat maps, like go look at where the where the majority of his four seam fastballs have been, mm. and they are lower in the zone or or kind of belt high, which is obviously bad. Mm. <laughs> but like it's even worse when you're <laughs> when you're tunneling it when you're tunneling it off the splitter. Like the idea is splitters that dive down and yeah. uh, and then elevated four seam fastballs. Mm-hmm. Because then the pitch, then the hitter is thinking that it's coming in as a splitter. He's gearing up, you know, to kind of get something lower in the zone. But it's a, instead, it's a heater, and it's going up, and it, and he's missing it. Instead, right. a lot of those heaters are are kind of going, you know, middle middle or like a little lower, and they're thinking it might be splitter, and that you know they're they're gearing up to hit it, and they're they're crushing it. Like so, that the placement of the four seam is a, is a huge problem for him right now. And just to just to wrap this up before we get back into the good news, the injury that came up a week or so ago with his forearm, they're still sort of waving that off as, as nothing too serious for the moment. Yeah. I mean, he didn't miss a start. And like, like you said, the velocity was there. Like I, you know, like we'll see, I mean, like, you know, it's, I'm going to follow up today and I see how he feels, but like, um, yeah, they are waving it off. I mean, and I think again, like with the way teams are with how they treat their pitchers these days, like if there was like a, like an ounce of concern, like he would not pit, he would have gone on the IL. Like he would not pitch. Like they held Chris Sanchez back just in case like he was, 
they held him back a couple of days at AAA, and then they had him pitch. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they they mm. they don't appear to be concerned. And these these training staffs are ultra conservative, and I know that sounds silly because we were talking about Bryce just now, but like they're generally ultra conservative, <laughs> yeah. yeah. especially when it comes to pitching. I mean, they if there's any kind of concern, they're like, okay, and especially it's April or May, you're like, we'll just put him on the aisle, and they didn't do that. So, all right, well. Hopefully his next start goes a little bit better than this one on Monday. That's really all we got to say about that. Okay, on to the good news. Yes, Bryce Harper himself, Mr. Swing of his life, is coming back. He's not making his season debut at home. He is making it in Los Angeles where he made his major league debut more than a decade ago. He arrives at a time where the offense is doing okay without him. There are some positive things, some things that could be better. You pointed these out in your most recent story on The Athletic. Uh, batting averages there across the entire lineup, but the punch hasn't always followed. And the timing of some of these hits hasn't always followed. You call out Kyle Schwarber specifically, well, not really call out, but you point out that Schwarber specifically, all of his home runs are solo shots. It's that kind of thing. That's just microcosmic of this offense right now. They're getting hits. They're doing pretty well. Most of the time. Uh, it's just, uh, well, let's just say they could use a guy like Bryce Harper and lo and behold, they have a guy like Bryce Harper coming back today. Matt, th- there are a number of things that will happen in the wake of this decision. You know, Bryce is still on the 40-man roster because he wasn't put on the 60-day IL. So a significant move there doesn't need to be made, but somebody will need to be sent out. Lineup considerations now come into play immediately. Let's try and walk through some of this. So first things first, when Harper gets activated today, who is likely to be sent out for him? I think it's going to be Jake Cave. Um, it's essentially you're down to either Cave or Cody Clemens, who um, has gotten a little more run the last few days. Clemens plays a few more positions than Cave does. Um, you know, I, I think maybe they're inclined to send Cave out because there really would be not a lot of at bats for him if he's on the active roster, and I think they'd rather just have him go play. He has op- both these guys have options, so it's not like mm-hmm. you have to uh, put them on waivers. So Cave can be sent to the minors uh, without going through waivers and. Um, Clemens plays first base like Cave really doesn't and and you know Clemens got out of first base on Monday night uh, he was he was there and it, I guess it just allows them to to, to still bone play third you know maybe once a week or even twice a week but probably like once a week um, and that's important I think so I, I think that's worth keeping Cody Clemens on the roster um, it's probably Cave and uh, you know it it it, it Dalton Guthrie, I think, sticks because he he hits right-handed, um, and he's sort of the backup center fielder now to Marsh, uh-huh. uh, you know. And 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 Harrison, I think, sticks too. I think the only reason you'd want to keep Cave is if you think you want to defense out Schwarber and left field on a routine basis, and I, I do think they want to do that. It just might end up being that Josh Harrison is the guy that they defense out defense him out with, or maybe Cody Clemens. He plays left field. I don't know. Cave's defense, like as a defensive replacement, would be the reason to keep him, and I, I don't know if that's compelling enough. It it does sort of complicate things with Pache's injury, and it also it seems does. Like, it really does. Yeah. It, it, it also seems like I guess that means that's the death of the Edmundo Sosa in center field experiment. I mean, <laughs> um, I think it's probably. it's it's there, but it's just not. Yeah. It's just on an emergency basis, right? Yeah. I mean, like he's really focused, been focused on you know his, his his improvement, you know, working on his improvements to play and just doing his thing at third base. And he was at a shortstop last night, which won't happen often, but yeah. Kind of gives me flashbacks to Jason Worth as the emergency catcher. Um, all right, so, <laughs> so Harper comes back, and he will be the designated hitter for a time to be determined. You know, we, we, there a was a lot of focus. Yeah, there was a lot of focus on 
oh, he's taking grounders at first base. That's pretty cool. We don't know when he's going to be able to play the field yet. That's still a while away. You put this in your story that there's a, a mock lineup, or at least an initial thought, that he will immediately slot back into the third spot. That's kind of assumed. I think what needs to be, what we need to prepare for, I'll put it this way, is that there's probably going to be an adjustment period for Harper. He's going to be in the middle of the lineup and he's going to be the number three hitter, most likely. But he may not perform like Bryce Harper of old right away. I mean, this guy is a freak, never rule anything out. But what is the team planning for with his like readjustment period? Like, are we are we just supposed to assume that these are taking the place of his minor league games where he'd be shaking this rust off and just kind of accept it if he goes, you know, a week shaking it off? Like, what, what are we thinking here? I mean, essentially, but I mean, you remember last year, like when he came back, I mean, he had like those two amazing games at Lehigh Valley where I think he homered twice and had a walk off mm-hmm. hit, like all that stuff. And he came back and he had, you know, like, a, I think it was like a, a good first game. Um, right. Did he have a, he had like a hit and two ribbies. And then and like, then it was struggled. just like, yeah. yeah, it was just like, okay for a while. I think what he had hits in his first four games, you know, so his first four games back, he went five, 14. Uh, it was a really good start. Um, and then it was just, it was just kind of like, okay. I mean, there wasn't, you know, he didn't hit a home run until, uh, gosh, I mean, he didn't hit a Second home run in until September, his, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Until his 13th game back last year. So, yeah. I mean, I think even with a minor league rehab, there was an adjustment. And, um, I did ask, you know, I was like, is he going to play every day, you know, out of the shoot here? And, and Rob Thompson said, yes, essentially, because, um, they have Thursday off. They have next Monday off. They have next Thursday off. So, like, they, they actually have a pretty favorable schedule here for him. So, like, he's going to go two on, one off, three on, one off, two on, one off. And, okay. and that's a really good way of kind of even – essentially, like, they get a, a natural place to ease him in. Three off days in the span of, you know, nine days, ten days. So, um, he will play every game here out of the shoot, I expect, and, you know, with those built-in off days. So, um I don't think anyone really knows what to expect. It's just like use Jake Cave for example. I mean, I know he's not Bryce Harper, but Jake Cave was outstanding this spring for six weeks. I mean, he hit the ball yep. harder than just about anyone in the sport did. Like, because there was ways to measure that this spring, and that's right. He was fantastic, and the season started, and he was terrible. It's so, like you just don't like. I don't know. You just don't know. Like you, in the end, you're betting on Bryce Harper. You know, um, making good decisions at the plate and just his natural talent shining. Um, minor league games or not. And I think that's a fair bet to make. As Bryce was rehabbing, he was traveling with the team. He wasn't staying back all the time, you know, just working at home on getting better. Do you think that had an effect on anything to do with his timing of coming back or really just the rest of the team in general? Like what, what difference do you think that made with him traveling with the team and staying with the team this first month? Um, The biggest difference was that he worked you know, every single day, hand in hand with Paul Bookite, who's their head athletic trainer and came from the Red Sox and he's really respected. And Harper wanted uh, to work, you know, most of these guys, the Tommy John surgery, they do it at the complex. You don't see the rehab, you know, you don't see these guys rehabbing. Like they, it's kind of isolated and it's a monotonous process and it can be difficult, for like, especially pitchers, obviously it takes longer. And, um, Harper really, I think he felt like that this was the place for him to be. Like he wanted to be with his teammates, et cetera. But like he also wanted to have the major league training staff overseeing what he was doing. And 
Yeah, I mean, everything about this was unusual. I mean, the Phillies, they, they're, they're still on the strip. They paid, you know, for two minor league pitchers to come with them on the road here just so they could throw batting practice to Harper, throw live sessions to him. And they've brought pitchers into Citizens Bank Park to do that. I mean, they basically brought spring training to Bryce Harper. Um, not every organization would have done that, but Bryce Harper is not every player. You know, he's different, and he probably deserves that the status and that attention. And it's like if he thought that this was going to be make him the most comfortable and have give him the best chance to come back at the right time, um, then then so be it. And you know, he really Bryce went out of his way to credit uh, Bookite, and and I thought that was interesting because um, these guys they do the rehabs at the complex. They're working with people they may not know. Um, I think that that was a huge thing, and. Uh, the Phillies like had their strength staff, their their nutrition staff, their training staff, like their doctors, like they the people that they trust the most were uh, were watching Harper on a daily basis, and there was some push and pull there, no doubt. But I think Bookite was the one guy who could tell Bryce and say, "You got to back off today." Like you know, today you're feeling a little sore. Like okay, you're backing off today, and Bryce would listen to him. And I think that was an important aspect of this process. One funny little quote uh or, or at least discussion you had in your story was with scott boris who is of course bryce harper's agent who is never short of things to say uh and he relayed something along the lines of uh harper telling him that he had this day roughly in mind for when he would come back he was thinking mayday mayday which you know was yesterday uh and that boris came back to him and said you can't tell anybody that that's what you're thinking because that's insane maybe we don't have the exact same thing happening here with his return to the field, but do you get the sense that there is a rough time frame of when they think he might be able to actually try and put this first base thing into practice? I have like a rough timeline. I don't know how accurate it is, but I mean, I think, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's till like August ish. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean like this is, that's, that's the, you know, that's the thing is like, yes, he is coming back from Tommy John surgery faster than anyone ever has. But he's also not – he's not going to be throwing. And that, that is the biggest aspect of all this. I mean, he has a reconstructed throwing elbow, and, you know, the process of getting that back into throwing shape uh, takes a long time. And he will continue to do his first base work uh, before games, even as he comes back here as a DH. It probably won't be every day like he's been doing it um, just because, you know – as I asked this to Rob Thompson, he's like, well, what's more important, what's most important around are his at-bats as a DH for us in the games. So first base work is important to us, but it's not as important. So if there are days where he feels like, you know, he needs to just not, you know, go through this big, you know, pregame uh, workout at first base, then we're not going to do it. But I think he'll, I, my expectation is that he'll still be doing work out there multiple days a week before games um, to try to keep learning that position. But you're looking at a months long period of him as a DH here. And months long to me probably means about three, May, June, and July. I, I don't think he's in the field before August 1st. Now, could that change? Yeah, I mean, because it's price. But um, this is the one part, and and, and, and and to make it clear, this is the one part that they feel like cannot be rushed, the yeah. throwing part of it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the part that they feel like cannot be rushed. That makes sense. You know, the hitting part of it, they thought, okay, if his body keeps responding, keeps responding well, well, you know, that's the one thing that we can push because of the action, because of the action on the elbow. It's not the over the over the shoulder, you know, motion that, you know, puts the strain on the ligament. Um, this downward sort of swing motion, uh, you know, using his right elbow uh, is, is less uh, strain on that new ligament. 
So that was the part they feel like they, they could push. The throwing part, they, they are, will be really careful about that. And the first base thing, does it get them on the field quicker? It might, yeah, because the, the, you know, there are fewer throws and there are less intense throws, but there are still throws. It is, in terms of climactic versus anticlimactic, debuting uh, for the season at a 10-10 a p.m. start on the West Coast, maybe, <laughs> maybe you won't get the most eyeballs on that, but, but the Phillies are returning home for a weekend series against the Boston Red Sox, followed by a, a short two-gamer against their AL East counterpart, Toronto Blue Jays. Matt, a weekend series against the Boston Red Sox, whose fans might help this. Matt, is this the time where we get our first 45,000 fan crowd of the year? (laughs) It feels like this is the perfect storm for an absolutely overpacked Citizens Bank Park to welcome this guy back. A couple weeks ago when I put in my story that for the first time that I thought, um, you know, kind of floated Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, as like the day that he could come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because the, a lot of the responses from people were that, oh, you're, I'm buying tickets to that game. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting because the Sixers are playing game three across the street, and I right. may or may not be going to that game instead of the Phillies game. <laughs> and oh. So, um, yes, I'm a season six or season That's, a, that's a big people, game, man. People, yeah, especially after I last know. night. Some people, I've, I've split season tickets with, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a fanboy of only one team and that that's the Sixers. And I've shared season tickets with, uh, with some, some buddies for, for a long time now. And, uh, I will, I will be going to game three and, and, and Bryce ends up doing me a solid here because I, if he was going to come back that night, um, I would not be going to game three. I would have been at Citizens Bank Park, but I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's gonna be really cool. I think it's gonna be really, really cool. And, uh, you know, <laughs> It's amazing. He's going to go from playing game six of the World Series right to playing in the majors. No games in between that. And I, I um, it, you know, there's the biggest adjustment for him is probably going to be the pitch clock, right? I mean, he's never yep. batted in a game with a pitch clock. And this is, you know, this is, I, I've been saying this. I mean, this is like the next chapter of his career. He's 30 now. Um, he debuted uh, 11 years and four days ago today at Dodger Stadium. Um you know, his first chapter's career, as I look at it as kind of with the Nationals and, and, and being the fulfilling the hype as, you know, one of the biggest prospects ever in the history of the sport. The second chapter, in my opinion, was the free agency and then his contract with the Phillies, the beginning of that, and then his first postseason appearance with the Phillies and the home run. And to me, this is now the third chapter of Bryce Harper's career. You know, post-Tommy John, into his 30s now. Um, the rules of the game have changed since he last played. There's no more shift. That's going to help Bryce. Are we, you know, we talked about how much it was going to help Kyle Schwarber and, you know, these left-handed hitters. We haven't talked uh-huh. about how this shift is going to help Bryce Arbor. It's going to mm-hmm. really, really help Bryce Arbor. Like, his, he should have a higher batting average this year. I mean, he, um, <laughs> you know, if he won an MVP hitting 309 in 2021, right. he hit 286 last year. Like, and I know batting average again is not the greatest measurement of things, but like, well, I think Bryce Arbor is going to hit 300 this year. Like, why not? Like, he should. And, and it's just going to help his, his overall numbers because teams cannot shift him like they did. And he lost a lot of hits to the shift. So to me, this is the third chapter uh, of Bryce's career. And, and I loved, like, you know, talking to, to, to Boris and he's talking about – I was watching Harper talk to Boris before the game and it was, like, really intense conversation. I and mean, they were laughing. It wasn't like they were mad at each other. It's just they have these, yeah. like, really intense conversations. It seems like they know each other really well. They've known each other for 15 years now. And, you know, <laughs> I just love that, like – you know, Boris is like, he's, he's talks like he's still, when I met him when he was 15 years old, like he's still like that passionate. He's got that voice and, and 
Scott retells the story and he's like, Bryce looks at me, he's like, this shit isn't changing, is it? <laughs> like <laughs> Scott's like, no, it's not. Like it's going to be, he sees that like, he's like, it's going to be this way until he's 40. Like he's going to have that passion. And like Bryce, when I sat down with him to watch, you know, the at bat, like he, he was talking to me about wanting to play, you know, like, like part of 15 more years of the Phillies or play until well into his forties. And like, like it sounds crazy, but like, like he actually like thinks that he can do this and he wants to do this. Like he, this is how he thinks and talks. And um, I don't know how many chapters there'll be to, to his career, but this is, a really interesting point in his life and his career uh, with the Phillies. Um, and, and and you're right. I mean, it, it's Friday at, at the ballpark is going to be uh, really cool. And uh, that home run is going to be played forever. It's still been playing a lot, you know, at, at, during the games this season, um, maybe too much because like people are thinking about <laughs> last year, but yeah. uh, I mean, that's going to be played forever. And, and, I wonder, like, is he going to get uh, – they're going to have to submit approval. I should ask somebody about this. Are they going to submit approval to the league to make sure he doesn't get a pitch clock violation oh, for that's his first right. AB? Um, because, right, you got to assume he's going to get a pretty big ovation. Like, is he going to step out? Is he going to tip his cap? Um, I, 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 that's, that's good. I'm going to ask somebody about this stuff. Oh, my God. That's right. The Cody Bellinger thing from just a week or two ago, right? Where <laughs> we have to, I can't believe you have to file a – TPS gotta report be, on this. Yeah, exactly. Come on, like have some feel. Like the umpire, <sighs> like you should you should tell your you should the league should feel comfortable enough to tell its umpires, you know, know this the, the umpires aren't stupid. They know situations. Like they right. called sport. They're they know all these players. Right. Like know the situation and, and deem it you give your judgment and say if this is a, a situation that warrants, you know, just a timeout, a pause, and no violation, like just do it. Use your judgment. And obviously an umpire would use his judgment in this situation and say, Oh, this guy's coming back. He's, you know, the star of stars. Um, you know, okay, like let's let him step out and acknowledge the fans. Chapter three begins tonight, Tuesday, May 2nd, 10 o'clock Eastern. Take a take an afternoon nap or perhaps some evening coffee. Check it out. It'll be great, even though he's on the road. And then this weekend, man, if you can get tickets to go to one of these games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I I'd be there if I were you. I want to be there. We'll see if I can make it. Uh Bryce Harper is back and it's it's unbelievable to think that just five months after getting Tommy John surgery, he's he's arriving and it will be it will be a beautiful thing. I'm very excited. I, I haven't been this excited, but I think since about the time Chase Utley came back from uh, one of his leg injuries, and I think homered off of James McDonald of the Pirates in his first. It was up against back. the Pirates. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I would like to see a repeat of that. Anyway. Happy times, even with Taiwan Walker struggling. Things are things are good. The Phillies are 500. They treaded water, Matt, as you said in your story, without him. And now they begin this next chapter. So be sure to tune in. Be sure to read Matt's stuff on The Athletic. Enjoy the game as much of it as you're able to stay awake for. And we'll, uh, we'll be sure to welcome Bryce home with a nice little pop on uh, Friday night against the Red Sox. For Matt, I am Paul. Matt, go get some rest. Store up some of that energy. Get ready for for what should be an incredible night out there out west. And we'll see you when you get back east. Phillies take the field tonight again, 10 o'clock, followed by a series capper 410 Eastern on Wednesday before coming home for the weekend. For Matt, I am Paul. This has been Phillies Therapy. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.